Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Us Irish, we love to talk and we do it in our own unique way. How many other countries can claim they have about 45 words for getting the kiss on a night out? And how many countries can probably claim they've double that for the way we describe getting drunk? This podcast is dedicated to conversations and the unique way Irish people have them. Using my little Irish accent, I try and chat to our favourite celebrities and get their side of the story. The person behind the public persona. This is Tis Yourself. Hey, love, what's the story? Ah, oh, there you are now. What's the crack? Tell me this and tell me no more. Oh, stop waiting, I tell you. I have a bone to pick with you. I'm doing a line with her. Relax the cacks. I'm not going to lie, like... It's Baltic. there welcome back to another series of tis yourself this is season three and if this is your first time for listening to the podcast i really really appreciate you joining me today and if you are a regular listener and you've listened for the first two seasons you're my favorite so thank you thanks for coming back and thanks for joining me all over again for another round of chatting to your fave celebrities about the person behind the public persona. You know, we all feel like we know some of these celebrities. Maybe it's from a TV show they were in and we follow them on Instagram and TikTok or whatever and we kind of feel like we know them. Well, this is where I get to chat to them and see if we can find out a little bit more, maybe something you didn't know, what they would like people to know about them, what they don't like people talking about, etc. Like loads of stuff in there. And we've had such amazing guests in the first two seasons. Everyone from... Breaking Bads or Jimmy D. Um, we've had Jerry O'Connell, we've had Matt Cardle, Jonathan Jolie, Montana Brown, Anya O'Gorman. These are just names that just spring to the top of my head when I think in, of some of the amazing guests we've had over the first um, two seasons. New Year, New Start, and this episode um, is a very fabulous lady um, who really stood out for her me to get as a guest because she stood up for what she believes in and she turned her back on a career that many people probably said to her you shouldn't because it's stable and you know the money and all this kind of stuff but she stood up for herself and what she believed in and what she wanted to do with her own life and she said she's happy with what she's doing but also I wanted to hear about it in her own words I've read a lot about it and you know from different sides but now I wanted to hear 
her story in her words and let her do the speaking. So, without further ado, my first guest on season three of Tis Yourself is the gorgeous Sarah Jane Dunn talking about why she left Hollyoaks and started OnlyFans and why she's happier than ever. I hope you enjoy it. You okay? How are you anyway? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, despite the um, 4.30 start today with that. But yeah, so excuse me. I managed to put makeup on, but at the barnet, I was just like, I can't. This yeah. is this is it. This is what we're getting. But no, all good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for agreeing to chat to me. And that's, it's so good of you. And I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for asking. Well, we usually always start off by kind of asking people how they kind of got into the job there and into the industry and stuff like that. And so for you, how did you start off acting and like, where did that all come from? Um, so I, I started in Hollyoaks when I was 14. So it's like 26 years ago now. And it was sort of by accident. I mean, I, I believe in everything for a reason, but I at that sort of tender age of 14, I thought I wanted to be a model. And I'd said to my mum, when I'm 16, I'm moving to London. And, you know, really naively thought that that, that would be it. And I'd get there and do it. Um, but because I was showing an interest in something and because I was quite a shy child, um, my mum was all for it because she was like, well, this, you know, to, to do that, you'll have to be confident and you'll have to come out of yourself a little bit. And, and so we went and um, she sort of, not she enrolled, but I found like a modeling course and she said, you know, if you want to do this, you can do it. I did it with one of my best mates at the time. It's one of the best things I ever did because it was really, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. And because I wanted to do it so badly, I, you know, I did it and it made me gain um, the first bit of confidence I've ever done, you know, ever, ever had really. And I did like a little catwalk show and it was great fun. And so off the back of that, I got like a modeling agency, but only like a little local one. Um, and then the audition for Hollyoaks came through that. So it sort of, it, it happened without me even intentionally thinking, you know, looking for it or wanting it. Um, and, and back then getting on telly was, was something that just was, was unheard of. You know, yeah. you, you, that didn't happen. Like for, especially where I was from, like I'm from a little town um, called Lee, which is like in the middle of nowhere and blink and you'll miss it. And so for someone like me to get um, not only a job on telly, but like a, a job on telly that would go on for so long was was really unheard of. Um, and yeah, so that, that's how it came about. And then I was there for 10 years before I left the first time. Mm-hmm. So it sort of, it, it molded me to who I was. For I was there from being 14 to 24. So like really important years of, of your life really yeah to grow up like when you see those clips you grew, basically grew up on screen because like I know when you came back obviously you know you were an adult and and you know grown more grown up then but like you basically went through your teenage years with people watching you yeah which is bizarre now I think of it and for me I always say it was like my university um I never wanted to go to uni um and that was you know just whatever had happened, whether I got the job or not, the uni was something that I just never, I was never interested in. Um, and so actually I think I managed to get the university experience, but whilst working and earning a nice wage and, you know, living with um, all the people that I was working with, but we were going out, we were socializing. The show was only on uh, once a week back then. So we weren't as 
anywhere near as busy as, as once the show got up to five times a week. So it really was really quite special. And it was difficult when I was at school and then college, it was difficult because I was back and forward filming. And, you know, my mum was amazing. She used to chaperone me and she literally, you know, would get up, go to work in the morning, then she'd stay with me and then drive me straight to school or vice versa. And then at night I'd be catching up on schoolwork. Um, learning my lines for the next day and it was pretty intense but because I wanted it so badly and because I was having the best time I did it and you know and I think it's sort of it it's rounded me to that sort of person that I've always been super professional and I think it's because I had to be because I was so worried that if I didn't do well at work then I would lose a job and my mom always threatened if I didn't do well at school then I wasn't allowed to do the job anymore because obviously school was the most important thing and so I really pushed myself in in both areas Um, I remember being exhausted but it was it was totally worth it and like, did you have friends offset? Because I imagine the friends that you had pre, you know, Hollyoaks, you probably didn't get to see them that often. Um, I, yeah, I did. I mean, I was really lucky. Like my school friends were really supportive and those that weren't, you know, it, it soon sort of filtered out who were my real friends and who were not. And um, and I still, my three of my best mates who were my bridesmaids are uh, friends from school. So we've known each other, one of it, you know, we went to primary school and me and Jules, one of my best friends. So they've known me since pre Hollyoaks, which I think is really important because they've known me and they, mm-hmm. they probably know me better than I know myself because obviously I've, I've grown up playing this role and then subsequently playing different roles. And but they know Sarah from way back when. And, and I feel like I probably let my guard down the most when I'm with them because I know that they don't judge me and they accept me for who I am and, and I can just be me and I can be goofy and stupid and, and it's really nice. And they see me like looking like Stan sees me, God love him. And you know, <laughs> husband, bless him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have got those friends and, and a few others from, from school. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of my friends then have been made um, either at Hollyoaks or on other jobs that I've done over the years, which has been lovely as well. So what was it that you kind of said, you were 24 and you're like, right, I've been here 10 years. Was that the main kind of reason you decided to leave? You're like, this has been like a lifetime of a job, really. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I got to a point where I needed to do something else. I needed to see if what I was doing was um, what I actually wanted to do. I think I got to that age and I was just like, if I'm going to be an actor for the rest of my life, I need to know what the reality of being an actor is. And that is essentially being out of work and learning to live off uh, a bit of money that you've got for a job and then six months not working. And then, you know, unless you're really lucky and you go from job to job to job and that doesn't happen often for actors. And I think I'd been spoiled in that. I'd been in, um, you know, on a TV show um, continuously for 10 years and had the best time during that time. Um, but I knew that it wasn't real and I and I think I did just need to sort of go who it's sort of what I'm doing again now actually I'm going who am I who is Sarah what do I want what are my interests what what are my opinions Um, and I think at 24 especially at that age where I was just becoming a woman and you know I had like my first proper serious relationship and I think I just went, I, I need to know what this is actually really all about. And, and it was a big, it was a big decision. And a lot of people, including like my parents were like, Oh, you're making a mistake. You know, it's, it's good money and it's regular work. And, 
people would kill to be in this position. And I knew all of that. And I, I, and I took all of that in mind, but I went with my gut and went, I, I have to do this. And I think I'm really pleased that I did do it. And I was lucky that I, you know, I worked um, pretty much continuously until I went back to the show and I met lots of friends and had different experiences, did theater, which I'd never done before, did film, which I'd never done before. Um, and I think if I had not done that and I'd stayed at the show up until now, I would have regretted it. And I think I would have got to this age and gone, oh, I've, I've missed opportunities or at least the chance to experience different things. You know, now I've got a child and I don't want to go on tour now. And I don't, I don't really want to be away from home. Like I like being in my little bubble. Um, but at 24, you know, in my twenties, hmm. it was great. Yeah. And also those formative years, like it'd be very easy to kind of nearly become Mandy. And like, you know, is this something that Sarah likes or something that Mandy likes? Like she likes this on screen. Does that mean because we're so influenced by everyone around us when we're, you know, teenagers, early 20s, that if you're playing someone for 10 years, it's very easy to be like, well, she likes it. So I probably like it. Yeah. And I spent so much more time being Mandy than being Sarah. Mm-hmm. But it was very much that, like, I, I would think like her and and luckily she was always like a good, nice character mm-hmm. um, up until recently. So it sort of, it, it was, it wasn't too bad, but it was definitely that, like, who am I and what do I want? And yeah, and, 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 and I was just like, it, maybe this isn't for me. And if I go out there, you know, I'd only ever done one audition, which was Hollyoaks. So I wanted to go and audition and, and again, put myself out of my comfort zone and it really did like I still to this day don't enjoy auditioning because you're putting yourself out there and you're very vulnerable and there's often rejection and criticism and judgment and it was all part of it and um yeah I needed to to and and I'm so glad I did like say because I had all these different experiences and made lifelong friends and um absolutely loved theatre you know and I'm so glad that I got to do the shows that I've done and have that and now have that on my CV and, and prove actually that I think it was another thing was about proving that I could do the job. I think I have had, I had imposter syndrome a lot throughout my life, sort of gone, oh, this has happened, you know, by accident or fluke or I was lucky. And I use all of that, those phrases quite often. And I'm, I'm trying to stop myself doing that because I think, well, actually I've worked really hard over the years and I've put a lot into learning and, you know, I've got better as an actress over the years and, I've been given some really challenging storylines and, but I think a lot of me leaving again was to prove to myself that I could do it and that I could play different characters. And one of the first jobs I got was, was playing an American um, in, in the theatre show. So I was just like, yeah, nailed it. I've done it. I know I can do it. It's all good. And it was comedy and it was so much fun. And so, yeah, it was, it was sort of about proving myself, I think as well. I think there's something about the word lucky that really irritates me. And I I remember having like a, a, argument with a friend not like a proper one but like kind of going don't call me I'm lucky I'm lucky if I win the lotto but when it comes to work you're not lucky if you actually work your ass off and if you're like you're just saying there you're like I have to take stop saying that word because I've worked I've tried I've learned I've grown I've taken the failures I've taken the rejections that's not lucky no no exactly and I think there's a million people that would have been put in my position that maybe wouldn't have you know, been as successful or lasted as long or worked as hard or, you know, and, and, and I, I, so I've got to give myself credit for that. <laughs> but it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. I'm not sort of a person that goes, yeah, I'm amazing. And oh my God, I'm like the best at everything because I, can't, I find it really hard to sort of 
big myself up, but I'm trying to do that more, not to that extent, obviously, but I'm trying to give myself credit more for things. I think it's really important. It's important to acknowledge, you know, the good things that you do. And especially when you, I'm again, working on myself quite a lot recently over the last couple of years. And I think it's so important to acknowledge your positives, the things you've, you've got. I think I wrote down, I worked with a life coach and she was like, write down all the things that you've done, big or little. She was like, you know, if you've got yourself a car or, you know, if you've managed to buy that dress you wanted or if you've managed to run 5K or she was like, write it all down and you'll see like this list of amazing things that you've achieved plodding through life every day and working towards the next thing and you, you forget to sort of be present and go, oh my God, like I've done this or I did that or you know it, it's important to acknowledge that I think because you, you can put yourself down so much um, and be negative but you know you, if you stop and take account for where you're at and what you've done it's huge I think that's part of being a woman though isn't it we just it's like we learn at you know when we're learning our ABCs it's like don't be kind to yourself don't say good things about yourself <laughs> yeah, I think that's a society thing isn't it again I think you know and hopefully it's shifting, but I do feel that, especially with everything that I've been going through at the moment, I'm trying to, again, be really like, actually, it's okay to feel empowered. And, you know, as women, I think we should feel powerful. And there's still a lot of people that are like, no, oh, you know, pipe down or, and, and I think that that language needs to change. And it is about society and what's been um, ingrained into us. And I think, we we need to sort of stop and go actually if someone's got an issue with something that i'm doing it's about it's their problem it's not my issue and it's something that they need to work on and they need to address why something is triggering something in them mm-hmm. um so i'm trying to see everything from from sort of that perspective and not take things personally or you know not let things get to me because i think actually that that response from that person is something that they need to to deal with that clearly is is an insecurity on their part yeah, it's like we need to retrain our brains a bit because we've we've always learned to focus on the negative. And yeah. I could give you a hundred compliments and then I could say, but by the way, Sarah, I just didn't like this. And you would just focus on that. And we need to just kind of yeah. train ourselves to not always look for that bad thing. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's such a good point, isn't it? You do sort of go, oh, but you know, they said this or this happened and you forget whatever the scenario might be. So an audition is, is a good example of that. It might be a really good audition and um, you think it's gone really well and they say really positive things in the room, but then you won't get the part and they might be like, oh, it was just for X, this reason. And that's the thing that you focus on rather than all the good things they've said. And, you know, the reason you might not have got the job is because they just wanted a brunette and not a blonde. And we are like, yeah, but they said this. And now I'm really going to take that person. <laughs> and if somebody else said that to you, you'd be like, you're mad. Why are you getting upset with that? But when it's yourself, you're like, mm, I should change my yeah. hair. I should change everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So did, did becoming a mum, did that change your kind of idea of what you wanted to do work-wise? Um, to be honest with you, when I, was, when I got pregnant um, with Stanley, I actually wasn't acting and I'd sort of knocked it on the head. Um, so myself and my husband so John was an actor as well my husband that's how we met we met on a theatre production and then we were both not working and we were living in London and we decided to train as personal trainers because we were both training a lot of the time had a lot of interest in it and thought actually this is something that we could do 
in between jobs. Like it's easy to be self-employed, you know, set up classes, especially down in London, do boot camps and things. Mm. Um, so we trained as PTs and then moved back up to Liverpool, um, where I had a place at the time. And it's when we moved back in Liverpool that we got pregnant with Stanley. And I'd then I'd trained as a makeup artist as well before beating John. That was another thing that I'd done because I like to be busy. I like to be, I've got to be doing stuff. And I think that's, again, that goes hand in hand with what I've, the, the fact that I've always been busy and not stopped working from being 14. If I stop at all, and again, it's something I'm working on, but if I stop, I feel guilty for it. And I go, nope, must be doing something, must be busy, must, yeah. must be achieving, must be pro- progressing. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, so I trained as a makeup artist and basically we moved up to the pool and I was at the time when I got pregnant with Stanley, I was managing um, a beauty store in Manchester. So completely different to the acting world, but it's, you know, it's work, you've got to pay the bills, you've got to do what you do. And, and actually I was really enjoying it. And I've always loved the creative side. I've always loved doing makeup. I often do my own makeup for events and shoots and stuff. Um, and so it, it it fitted, it worked well and it was, it was great. Um, and I worked right up until like a week before having Stanley with all good intentions of going back to that role. And literally a week before I was due to start back at the, the managing position, um, I got the call from Hollyoaks to say, you know, we want to reprise Mandy's role and are you interested in coming back? And so then I had to sit down with John and have this conversation of, okay, how do we do this? Like we've got uh, nine months old at the time, Stan. I was like, we've got a nine month old. Like we were back over in Cheshire at that point. So it was like the commuting and yeah. So it was, there was sort of a lot of like, Oh, okay. How are we going to make this work? But it was a no brainer really, because I knew the show so well. And I knew that it would be easy. You know, when I'd been back before for little like six months stints and stuff, Hmm. It, within an hour you sort of go back and it feels like you've never left and um yeah I just thought actually it makes sense and I can be in one place and and with the the beauty job I would have been traveling around quite a lot and that we were going oh god how this, how is this going to work with a baby and mm. so so yeah it, it didn't really change my mind on acting it was more it felt like the right thing to do at the time for him and I just thought I'll go back and see how long it lasts and I was there back for four years in the end just over four years yeah because like I watch Hollyoaks so you know Mandy and obviously we've seen she came back with Luke and then she you know was with Darren and all that so she was definitely a central character um and now obviously we know now that you you know you've left and stuff like that so tell me how everything kind of started unraveling there and how you decided the OnlyFans which obviously is doing amazing and how that kind of because I suppose I've read different things and I'm like you know what Sarah will be able to tell us what actually happened, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's so much stuff in the press as well that I keep reading going, what? (laughs) Um, Like John's a footballer, apparently, and I've got three children. I don't know where the other two children are. Um, But yeah, you learn these things about yourself when you read the paper. Um, Yeah, so I... Basically, we obviously had COVID. Everybody was in lockdown. um, And that was really difficult for for both of us at the time. Well, you're self-employed as as an actor, so self-employed. So it's not like you get furloughed or anything like that. And weren't sure, none of us were sure what was going to happen with the show. um, Because, you know, nobody knew what was going on, did we? So we were like, sort of like, is it going to, are we going to go back? Is is it going to be there? went back from the show and actually my storyline that I had, was going to be shooting just before COVID hit and lockdown hit, 
had been turned sort of like on its head and was completely different. Um, and and for me, I went back and actually the character was completely different. And I had quite a lot of trouble. I had quite a lot of meetings sort of going, I, I'm sort of struggling with who she is and what's going on because obviously there was all, like she was never a bad person. And, and if she ever did anything bad, it was always from a good place. Um, and suddenly there was this, I was playing this role that I was like, oh, I don't know who she is, but you know, a lot, obviously the writers have to sort of deal with the fact that we all have to socially distance and things like that. And so, yeah, just sort of went along with that, but it was very different. It was, I felt like I'd gone back to A, a different place and B, a different character. Um, and the thing about, um, being in a show, I think people sort of make assumptions that, oh, you're on telly, so you must be earning loads of money and, you know, happy and dead busy. And and that's like anyone, you know, you never know the full story and you never know how someone's feeling. And, and actually I wasn't very happy and I was going into work and I was quite anxious and I wasn't very busy. And so when you're not very busy, um, it's a very different story. Um, when you're not in, it's it's not it's not great. And so I was just looking for something else to do, basically. Like I've said before, I, I need to be busy. I need to be doing stuff. And I get very sort of like twitchy if I'm not. And I'd sort of um, broach the subject and they, like I say, they weren't sure what was going on with the character and all of this. So I was like, right, okay. So I've been looking into um, doing something like OnlyFans for quite a few months, something that I discussed, something that I considered, um, looking at different ways, because initially when I heard words OnlyFans, I was like, no, I mean, that's not that's not what I'm doing, because everyone, again, has these sort of assumptions about the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know, there was different, different ways of doing it. I was going to possibly set up a website of my own. And, and in the end, we kept circling back to OnlyFans and... Um, chatted to the the people uh, that have been amazing at, at the platform and it just made the most sense because it, it's such a good business model mm. they, it's a global you know it's a global platform um, and yeah the more I looked into it and then obviously when I looked into the platform and understood it more and understood that actually it is it is creators like obviously the reason it's an over 18s platform is because there is over 18s content on there so it's to protect the users which I think is fantastic um, but not all the content on there is over 18. Um, and so, yeah, had um, meetings and discussions with work and um, decided to to go ahead with it. I was like, actually, it, make, it makes sense for me to do this now. This is something that I can be in control of. It's something that I can do that won't affect filming because I can do it in my own time. And it's something that will give me that that feeling of control and power and of my images, of my body, of my choices. You know, the whole reason for me starting it was to sort of take back that control and go, actually, I don't want to edit my pictures and I want to decide who I work with and what the looks are we're doing and have some control over those images because obviously you put something on Instagram and it can, the whole world can have it and you've got no control. Whereas at least with OnlyFans, even if stuff gets lifted, I've got control over that then getting taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, those images are mine. I have the copyright. Um, and so that's where it came from, really. Um, and 
you know, I launched it and the first week was amazing. And I, I mean, the, the first night was amazing. I really didn't expect to get the response that I got. And I only did like my sort of announcement on, on an Instagram post. So it's not even like I, I was speaking to anyone, you know, you know, the platform launched it or anything like that. It was just me going, Hey, I've decided to do this. And, um, and it went crazy and yeah, it was great. And then obviously everything went on with, with work, which, was um, disappointing and um, unexpected because I do, you know, I, I think the, the fact that ev- what everyone's been talking about is the sort of hypocrisy of it. And yeah. the fact that I've, the reason that I've done shoots of that nature in my whole life from being like 17 was from my association with the show. And I've always enjoyed those shoots. Like I've, I've never had a problem with them, but but the, the point was, is that, you know, I can now be in control hmm. of them. Um, and obviously there's a, the monetary uh, side of it as well, um, which is great. You know, that would, was giving me additional income on top of not being very busy at work. So that all made sense. Um, but yeah, I never expected <laughs> One, for that to happen, but also two, for them to announce it. So what happened within the next sort of, well, that day um, was that they announced it to the press and then all of a sudden there was this whole media frenzy because it was, I think because it's so controversial and because people have split opinions on it, um, it, it just went crazy. So that the next like four weeks after that were mental, but it's been the best thing that I've, I've done and I've got zero regrets and I'm in a much happier freer place for sure and so was it was it true that they came to you and said you know either play Mandy or do OnlyFans like they gave you the option of one or the other not a let's see can we work together with this yeah there was no sort of you know let's work this out or what what can we do and that's really what I wanted you know I sort of when I got pulled in for the meeting I was sort of like well let you know my the content I'm doing isn't explicit content and, and would never have been, you know, if, I, if I'd stayed on the show, like that's not what the content is. Mm. Um, and so I was like, it's, it's no different to what I was putting on Instagram. So I don't understand the problem with actually what it's doing is protecting the younger audience because it's putting it behind a paywall and behind a platform where you, you have to be over 18 to access it. So all the pictures that I was putting on Instagram before anyone could see, um, but that wasn't an issue, but then to move it suddenly was, but yeah, there, there was, there was no, and there was also not really much time. You know, I got pulled in for a meeting on Friday and by the Wednesday morning, they terminated my contract with immediate effects. So it didn't even have like chance to, to say bye to anyone or go in or, you know, really? film like my final scenes yeah. or, or anything. So, yeah. So it just feels like a bit, considering I put so many years in and, and given a lot to that show, you know, and, um, you know, went in filming when Stanley was poorly in hospital and, and things like that. I feel like it, it's a really sort of ruthless way to be treated, but it is what it is. And I believe in everything for a reason. And like I say, I'm in a much sort of happier, freer place now. And maybe if I hadn't been pushed, I might never have left. And maybe I needed that, you know, I sort of feel like that I needed to leave that behind and my time there was done and, and it's not the way that I would have liked to have ended it, but it's the way that it's happened and actually it's been a really positive thing for me and it's it's given me a voice and it's given people the the opportunity to get to know me as Sarah a little bit more so that's been been great I feel like people 
like I remember when I first heard of OnlyFans, it was only with the explicit content. That was the original. And then I yeah. started hearing of like personal trainers that are doing it and, you know, you know, people who are doing what you're doing. And like, I'm like, if, if you're happy and you're creating it, it's your life. Like it, it doesn't affect me in a personal way in any sense. It's not you putting my picture up there. So why would that upset me? And it's, it's not hurting anyone, is it? This is the thing. I'm not, not forcing anybody to pay money. It's not hurting anybody. It's my choice. Nobody's making me do it. So yeah, I don't understand why um, then that is an issue. And, and like you say, the, the platform is, is very much going in that direction now of, I mean, they're really pushing and, and promoting creators that do all sorts of different things on there. Because I think they're trying to steer away from, from that um, association. Um, I think that stuff will always be on that platform and it does very well out of it, obviously, you know, sex sells, it will. Um, but all of the, the platforms are becoming more creator friendly. Like they're all starting to monetize for creators now. Like TikTok are doing it and um, Twitter are doing it. Instagram are just trialing it in America. So it's the way that things are going. I think it's just the OnlyFans is, you know, a few steps ahead because it's been set up for, for longer and it's already got the creators on there and it's already got the business model in place, but everything else will follow. And everyone will jump on it. Creators will jump on it. And the socials are nothing without the creators and the influencers that people want to be on there to see and to follow and to interact with. So they'll all go that way eventually. Like I saw the post you put on your Instagram with the um, comparison of the photo shoot you'd done a few years ago and the one that you're putting up yourself now. And first of all, I thought you looked better in the one now than the actual photo shoot because you said like it'd been filtered or photoshopped, you know, you had no control over the editing, whereas you don't edit your own photos now. And I just thought you looked happier and you looked more natural. And also like it's pretty much the same photos. I can't really understand how you've crossed a line that would be yeah. you know that was my thing yeah and it actually I took I did that picture so I'd I either use professional photographers to do shoots or I do stuff um, at home or in hotels or wherever to try and mix it up because what I find is a followers sort of like a little bit of an insight into your life and feeling like they're, they're at home with you and that's sort of what makes it more exclusive and interactive and um and that was a shoot that I'd just done I'd just done at home and I looked at that picture and I was like that that shot's really familiar. And then I was like, oh my God, that is the same shot that I did on that shoot that was just four years ago. Probably, actually, probably less because it was just before I got married. Um, and yeah, and so I, I just thought I'd post it because I thought, you know, for anyone, and I, I have had 95% support, but for anyone that's sort of going, oh, you know, I think it's awful what you're doing or you're a mom or this or that. The, the My point was that the, the pictures are, essentially the same but like you say the most comments I got on that was that actually I look much more happy and like it genuine and um, natural in that second picture that I did myself and you know I don't know what happened the first one I'm not sure what what's been done to it whether anything's been done to it or it has been photoshopped or or not I don't know but what I'm confident about is my picture is I know that it, it is what it is and yeah, and I think, you know, the eyes don't lie, do they? <laughs> you can do what you want, but the eyes don't lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just, you definitely have your own confidence in it because if you don't like it that on the day, if you don't like that photo, you just don't post it. Whereas you've no control if that photo goes out elsewhere, if it's taken by somebody yeah. else for their use. Yeah, exactly. 
I find I find it interesting when you said there um, that some the the five percent who've been negative mentioned that you know you're a mom, and I find this a lot with any sort of I suppose creative side, but obviously the OnlyFans side. If a guy is on OnlyFans and he has sixteen kids, no one says one word. But because again that female misogyny there that you're a mother, you can't be sexy, you can't have control over your, you can't put up a sexy pic. Like what is why? Yeah. And I, I did a post about this a while ago and I think it was before I'd even done my OnlyFans. And I was like, why is it that you, you don't suddenly become a, a mother and then go, ooh, right, that's it. I mustn't wear a skirt above the knee. Uh, I mustn't um, be a sexual person or have sexual feelings or um, portray myself in that way. But why? Like, I don't understand. Nothing changes when you become a mother. In fact, if anything, I think you become more of a sort of, empowered sexual being because you should like for me anyway it's like my body has done this incredible thing like I feel more womanly than ever because I've made a child and and actually I think as I've got older as well the older I get the more confident I get in that I I would love to go back to my 20 year old self and sort of say you know those hang-ups that you had or that um that lack of confidence you had all that when you didn't stand up to that boy and tell him where to go and you know all of those things so I'm sort of now trying to um put all of those things into play as as me as this you know older empowered inspiring hopefully woman because I do get a lot of women that are like this is amazing and you know thank you and and I think that's really important and I want to be that woman for other women and I look up to other women in that way and go you know oh my god you're incredible and I want to be like you and and women supporting women, I think, is is amazing. And there's nothing nicer than, you know, complimenting somebody or, or bigging another woman up. Um, and, yeah, I think it's super important. And I did that, that whole thing about... And it's usually mums that are going, what are you doing? You're a mum. And, again, I think that that goes back onto them and their insecurities and, and issues that they have that they probably need to address and, and work on. And it's nothing to do with me. It's just that they they feel uncomfortable so they feel like they have to say something. Um, and yeah, the, the thing with, with men, I think is, is interesting, isn't it? Like it's even, you know, posts on, on Instagram again, if a guy's there with his top off, it's no one bats an eyelid. There's no sort of like, Ooh, you know, should you be doing that? Or who do you think you are? It's like, oh yeah, you know, they just get a big thumbs up. Or, and, and why is it different for women? I don't understand. How have you um, found like the followers that follow you and OnlyFans now? Um, how have they re- like? What did they message you like? Because I think that is an aspect you can actually message the person. And how how have they been to, receptive to you? Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I've had to manage expectations because, again, because I think the the platform has the those associations with mm-hmm. adult stuff, um, and some people jump on there and expect me to be doing soft porn or whatever. Yeah. And I have to go, no, that's not what this is. But but actually, from that, I get a lot of respect. People going, okay, right, just had to ask the question, and and anyone that is looking for that will just not subscribe or leave. And so it's great because you do have that interaction. I think that's a big um, bonus of the site for followers is that they can message you direct. Um, I mean, I guess sort of similar to Instagram, but you have to go into those messages, don't you, in Instagram? But what's good about OnlyFans is that, so I'll go into Instagram DMs and I don't do it anymore for this reason. And, you know, there'll be a dick pic pop up or, you know, something that I don't want to see um, or I don't want to hear. 
And it's usually either someone trolling or someone going, here, have a look at this. And by that point, you've seen it. It's too late and yeah. you can't unsee it. Whereas on OnlyFans, any picture that gets sent is pixelated. So you have to click on it to be able to see that image. Mm. So there's much more protection there. It's up to me. Again, it's my choice. If I want to click on that picture, I can. If I don't, I can just, you know, not acknowledge it. I can also block people on there and then they can't message you. They can't follow you again. Um and report accounts so they actually can't set up a profile on OnlyFans full stop. So you've got much more control because there's that um, ID and facial recognition on the platform. Yeah. You don't have that on other socials. And I think it puts you in a very, really vulnerable position. And like I say, I, for that reason, I've stopped opening DMs on my Instagram. Um, so yeah, it just... It, it, people have been great on there, super supportive. People are paying to see the content, so they're very unlikely to give you any abuse or any yeah, negative. True. And <laughs> if they do, again, I can just go, okay, let's restrict that user or block that one, and I'm in control. Like it's. But you're also me. getting their money, so you're like, well, if you're going to send me hate, at least I'm getting money out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, you know, at least I'm choosing again what what images go up and what you can see, and yeah, and that feels really empowering and. Yeah, and, and I'm really, really pleased I did it. And actually, the platform has surprised me. Like, it's actually like a really nice community, and I didn't expect that. And you get your really, like, loyal fans and followers on there. And, um, you, you know, you sort of build up this. You always get people that comment on your pictures, and you sort of build up a, not a relationship, but, like, sort of connection with them. And, again, I think that ties into the exclusivity of the site and why, why it's appealing to people, because... I won't do that on Instagram. You know, I'm not going to message someone that comments on my pictures all the time. Um, whereas on this, I think one, because they're paying. So, you you know, you feel sort of uh, an obligation to do so. But also because they are there supporting you um, and they are support, like they're really big me up. And if there is any neg negativity, most of them follow me on Instagram anyway. And so they'll message me on OnlyFans and be like, just ignore what that person said or you're amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> So what is the hope for you now? Like, do you, do you want to continue going go into acting with, um, or are you going to focus solely on this? Because the one thing I did take from all of this was um, when it came out that even if you weren't a fan of OnlyFans, a lot of people I saw talking about this just didn't like the idea that your company can control your outside life. And I suppose yeah. anyone who is in any job doesn't want their their boss to be able to say you can't do this in your spare time so how is is your hope to go back into acting or are you like making OnlyFans now your full-time gig for the no so I've never I mean I'm not left acting that was never my intention um like say I would have the idea was to do OnlyFans and yeah. continue with the show and um, so that that decision and choice was taken out of my hands um but I yeah I I, I mean I, I want to act that's what I know it's what I love but what OnlyFans is done has given me the choice and position to be more selective which is amazing like it's given me that sort of financial stability and that um job that where I can control what I'm doing and my hours you know it's I've got no set hours now so if I've got when Stan's at school I can go right I've got six hours to get stuff done or six hours to run errands or you know I'll save it for the weekend or um, you, me and the hubby have a night away somewhere I go right or I can get some content in the hotel and so yeah it's, it's given me that freedom to be more selective like I say I don't want to go on tour now I've got Stan because he's in school I don't want to start being away from him or moving him around and there's certain jobs that 
I've probably like I've loved everything that I've done, but you know, sometimes jobs come in and you go, well, you know, I'll just do that because it's money. Like I've done commercials in the past and they're not, they're, they're fun and they're decent money, but it's not what I want to do. So it's now put me in a position where, you know, I don't have to go right. Okay. Well I do that commercial because it's X amount of money and that'll see me through for another few weeks. Um, so I can be more selective. So yeah, hundred percent want to do marketing, but what this has actually done is has opened up a world of other sort of avenues and opportunities. And again, I think because people are sort of getting to know me as Sarah and me as like standing my own ground and speaking out and um, inspiring people and empowering women. And, and I think, Again, empowering older women as well. I don't want to put myself in that bracket, but apparently 40 seems to be like older woman. <laughs> um, but, but I think it's great, you know, if I can stand my ground and go, right, okay, well, this is what now I believe in as Sarah. And um, it does seem to be sort of opening other doors, which is really exciting to see where that takes me. You know, it's, it, I'm just sort of just riding, riding along with it now and seeing what happens. And it's, it's fun. I think like massive clap for that because do you know what? I, I'm a woman and I hate, let's say, going to bosses to ask for pay rises or discussing things. And, you know, sometimes we let men in boardrooms or, you know, companies or whatever speak to us in certain ways. And we just we feel like we can't step out of our boundaries. But now you stood up for yourself. And whether it's a woman wanting to do OnlyFans or it's a woman who just wants to do something different, you know, that maybe doesn't fall into, you know, what society says. It doesn't have to be what you're doing, but like you did make a stand and you stood your ground and you said it would have been very easy for you to go, okay, well, what if I delete everything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's sort of what they expected. And actually it took, it did take a lot for me to go, okay, like put your big girl pants on, take a big deep deep breath and and go with your gut and, and do what you want to do. And this, and this felt right. And it was the right decision. And yeah. And I feel like, like, well done me. Yes. I would never have done that. She would have gone, okay, yeah, whatever you say. Um, and yeah, that was, that was me taking my own advice and going, no, just this, this is right for you and your family and this will make you happier and you've, you've got to go with your gut and, and I did. So, yeah. And that's all you can do. Something great will come out of this and you look back and you'll go, Jesus, that just came out of that. So, Honestly, you've, you've stood your ground and you've gone with your gut and that's all all anyone needs to do in life is just follow what you think is right. Yeah, 100%. Sarah, it's been so nice talking to you and especially when you have a sick baby in the next room. Uh, well, he's, he's like... Right. He's fine. Not heard him for a while, so we've always fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I have to say thank you so much for being so oh, open and you. honest and sound. Being open and honest is just the most powerful thing anyone can do. And you got to tell your side without anybody else misquoting yeah. you so I'm really yeah, thankful no, it's nice. thanks for letting me do that yeah Yay. you look after yourself and it's so nice uh, to you too love right. to meet you love Take you care. Care.